Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, well, well. Welcome all to Nick's Nerd News. It is February 9th. It is February 9th. Can you believe that? I can't believe that. We're almost to the middle of February. Horizon Forbidden West comes out in two weeks? One week? A a week from Friday. How about that? And I... I first I want to apologize for not talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus at all. I do own the game. It's just uh as you guys have known, I've been talking about moving and things like that. So I just I literally have not had a chance to play it. Uh, I'm hoping to play it this week. Uh, I'm going on a work trip in 2 weeks, so I'm I'm going to be playing it while I'm out of town. And then of course uh while I'll be out of town, I will have a guest host uh for us. I am uh, not going to say who just yet, still working out the details with them, and uh, hopefully you guys will be quite happy um, with him. If you're a fan of this channel, you will recognize the, the name. You might not recognize his voice if, if he comes on. Um, he is someone I've talked about before. Uh, it's not a previous guest host, I will say that, but it is someone who you might be familiar with if you've heard me talk a lot or stick around, been around lately. But hey, we're here to have fun. We're here to to keep moving forward. And uh, what I thought was not going to be a busy gaming week turned out to be a busy gaming week. Uh, Granted, today just happened to have a fuck ton of news just because there was a Nintendo Direct. But in terms of just basic things... Uh, as always, you know, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, dislike, review, whatever whatever you feel comfortable with doing, right? I don't want to pressure you into anything. You don't have to do it. I, I like it it's up to you. Um you know, I'm we're available to to listen just about anywhere at this point, but that's that. This is this. Let's get on with our lives, shall we? Anyway, huh? Let's talk about video game news of the week. Of course, I'm your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. I guess I should have clarified that at the beginning. But, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it, shall we? Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is adding another DLC character to its roster, another Ninja Turtle character. This time we are getting Shredder. Yes, Shredder, the famous TMNT villain, is joining the Nick All-Stars Brawl character roster. Uh, He'll be available soon. Uh, That way you can play now as Shredder. No word on Super Shredder, though. Well, moving forward... Uh, Phil Spencer is going to be nominated, or is nominated, or is getting, I don't know how we're going to quantify this, a Lifetime Achievement Award at the DICE Awards. Uh, The DICE Awards, of course, are a video game awards uh, ceremony, if you will. Uh, The 
Uh, he's getting the AIAS Lifetime Achievement Award at the 25th Annual Dice Awards. They will be held on February 24th in Las Vegas. Uh, Todd Howard will present Phil Spencer with the award. Uh, Phil has obviously been in the gaming industry for over 30 years. He started working at Microsoft in 1988 as, as an intern. Uh, then, of course, um, he began to oversee Xbox when the Xbox One S launched in 2015, I want to say. Uh, of course, he brought Game Pass to the, 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 the system. And, of course, he saw the successful launch of the Series X and S. And, of course, he's, he's leading it now in its, its buying spree of ZeniMax and Activision Blizzard. Uh, this was a quote from them that says, quote, Phil Spencer has demonstrated both passion and leadership throughout his entire career at Microsoft. He's responsible for countless impactful and pivotal, pivotal initiatives that have reverberated throughout the entire gaming industry. On behalf of the Academy's Board of Directors, we are looking forward to celebrating Spencer's important impact on video game history by presenting him with the Our Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, unquote. Previous winners include uh, Minoru Arakawa, who was previous head of Nintendo America, uh, Howard Lincoln, uh, Ken Kutagari, Kutaragi, the creator of the PlayStation, uh, founder of the ESA, Doug Lowenstein, former EA CCO Bing Gordon, uh, Satoru Iwata, and uh, some other Nintendo executives. Um, and that will be happening at the DICE Awards in just about two weeks. Moving on, GameStop, of all people, just trying to make money now, I guess. I wonder how the stonks people feel about this, though. GameStop will be launching an NFT marketplace with... Uh, um, Australian blockchain startup Immutable X. It will also fund up to $100 million worth of Immutable X's IMX tokens to grant creators NFT content. And... Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyone who is uh, creators from gaming studios, Web 3.0, Metaverse gaming developers, or elsewhere... Uh, can request to become cr content creators on their marketplace. And, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I don't know why they're doing NFTs. Some people are into NFTs, some people aren't. Uh, just NFTs need to go the fuck away. They really do need to just go away. Uh, and, and GameStop getting them is just making it extra scummy for some reason. <laughs> Anyway, now that uh, both Nintendo, uh, not Nintendo, now that Sony and Microsoft have been on, on buying sprees, essentially, uh, people, of course, thought, hey, Nintendo, what are you doing? And they essentially came out and said, we're not, don't expect us to acquire anyone. We are perfectly fine where we're at, and they are just committed to Nintendo DNA. Whatever the hell that means. Oh, does that just mean games that don't have uh, dialogue? <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Um, speaking of Nintendo, though, the Switch has officially outsold the Nintendo Wii. The Nintendo Switch, which which has only been out for three years, 
four years now. Five. Five years, sorry. Has it been that long? Holy shit. Yeah, five years. The Nintendo Switch has officially become the fifth best-selling console of all time. And it, it's actually surpassed the original PlayStation now as well. Um, so in order, PlayStation 2 at 155 plus million units. Uh, I don't see that being overtaken by anything any anytime soon, uh, except possibly the Switch. The DS family, I guess they count them all at 154 million. I guess the DS could theoretically still pull it off, um, even though it's discontinued. The Game Boy and Game Boy Color at 118 million. PlayStation 4 at 116.9 million. Um, I'm ex those numbers should start dropping off soon as as they really kill this system. Uh, now Nintendo Switch, like I said, at number five, it has sold 103.4, excuse me, 103.5 million units as of last month, meaning the Nintendo Switch quite possibly could become one of the top three selling consoles of all time. I fully, fully expect the Switch to overtake the PS4 and the Game Boy in its lifetime. Um... The DS and PlayStation 2, I, I think, I really think it can, uh, but it's going to be a lot harder to do that. Um, it only needs to sell about 15 million to overtake the PS4 and Game Boy, which totally doable. Um, and of course, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series XS, uh, those numbers aren't 100% accurate, though. So those are, they're coming up there, though, for sure. Um but that is where it is at right now. Uh, and those have only been out for a year, and they're they're moving up the list quite quickly. Um, let's uh, circle back to Phil Spencer here for a second. So I, as I mentioned before, you know, Phil brought Game Pass to Xbox. Uh, in a new, I guess, profile is what, the, what you would call it, uh, with the Wall Street Journal, Phil Spencer was asked about Game Pass, and essentially it came out of, you know, Microsoft Microsoft's successful cloud platform that they have already, and uh, per the article, it says, quote, in meetings, Mr. Spencer's staff would present arguments for why Game Pass wouldn't work, publishers wouldn't participate, or it wouldn't, or it would eat into profits, unquote, says um, Richard Irving, a former Xbox executive. Uh, he went on to say, quote, Phil wouldn't take no for an answer. Uh, he was always trying to find a way to make it work, unquote. And, I mean, we know now that it's successful, right? It's had It has 25 million subscribers. Uh, PlayStation might be working on a, a clone. You know, imitation is the, the, the biggest form of flattery, right? And I, I, I just, I think it'd be interesting to read the whole profile. Um, it's... Uh, it goes into everything, essentially. The Activision deal, a whole lot of stuff. Um, I can't read it because I don't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, but I'm sure it's a good read. And those of you who are, I would probably recommend it. But that's enough about that. Well, um, while we know the Microsoft Activision deal probably won't be finished until April of next year, Activision and Blizzard have both been busy making announcements, if you will. And uh, one of those announcements is that 
Warcraft is finally heading to mobile. It is expected to be on mobile this year. Uh, granted, a lot of things can change, so we don't know how true that will end up being. But expect some version of Warcraft on mobile later this year. Uh, they ex also in ex uh, plan expansions for World of Warcraft as well as expansions for Hearthstone. We also finally know when Grand Theft Auto V will be receiving its next-gen update uh, and for Grand Theft Auto Online. That will finally be dropping in March after it's been pushed back several times. Uh, and also in the same vein, uh, Rockstar announced that Grand Theft Auto VI is in active development. Yes, we finally got official confirmation. And uh, they did say this. In an official statement from Rockstar, it says, quote, With the unprecedented longevity of GTA V, we know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. And we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready, so please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, we thank you all for your support and cannot wait to step into the future with you. Unquote. This just means they're working on it, and it's probably a few years away at, at the rate Rockstar moves, let's be honest, right? And then immediately after that, they came out with the most rock star thing ever. The take, uh, CEO of Take-Two, uh, Strauss Zelnick, uh, went, uh, he was speaking with IGN, um, and he said, quote, always decide when and how to announce their upcoming projects. Obviously, people need to stay tuned, a lot more information to be shared, and Rockstar will do so in time. Each iteration for all of our successful franchises at this company, all of them, has always done better than the one before. I'm not saying that'll happen again, I'm not saying that's guaranteed, but that's certainly our goal, unquote. Uh, and, and they were saying that. But essentially, he's saying, we're going to tell you about GTA 6 when we feel like telling you about GTA 6 and any updates. We're not doing it for you. We're doing it for us, and it's going to stay that way. <laughs> that's, uh, I think that's really funny that they just don't give a fuck about how they they do things they just do it their own damn way and it's gonna stay that way and everyone else can fuck off essentially <laughs> we've talked a bit about the google stadia here at nick's nerd news uh never bought one just because i didn't see the point well uh it, it that that point has essentially come to fruition google has allegedly or is planning to essentially uh, kill the Stadia, right? Uh, per Business Insider, it is now being rebranded uh, to Google Stream and is being explored as a technology partner. Um, and apparently Capcom and Bungie are companies expected to, to hop on, uh, even though Bungie was recently acquired by PlayStation. And uh, essentially, it's just being changed to like a streaming device or to be repurposed for streaming functionality for different things. And it's talked to companies like Peloton, who's dying right now. So maybe that's not a good idea. And 
uh, some other things. Allegedly, per Business Insider, conversations were being had um, for Peloton to be a, a quote, back-end provider for games running on its on its fitness bikes um, because Peloton wanted to launch an in-app fitness game last year. I don't think that's ever happening based off of how the news has been going this week. Um, essentially, there's just going to be licensing out the Stadia tech or stream or whatever they call it. It's just, it's so funny because it had these, these crazy ads like, Hey, buy Stadia. And now it's just like, nah, we're good, fam. No, nah, no, nah, we're good. No, nah, we're good. And it's, it's had a, not a great time. I mean, it, it lost its head of, head of Stadia, whatever you want to call it. The, they closed their studio they canceled any games that they were making themselves for it. I don't even know. I want to know what sales numbers are, to be honest, or membership numbers or whatever they, whatever metric they used to decide. Obviously, they weren't good. But I don't know. Moving on. Everyone's favorite game developer, Hideo Kojima, is launching a podcast. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not going to listen, but... I don't think it's going to be in English, so obviously it, it's not really for an American audience. You also have to be have access to Audible Japan, so I don't I don't think a lot of American listeners, unless you understand Japanese, are going to be uh, tuning in to this podcast. It sucks because I'm sure it'd be really good to like get into his mind, but. It, it also, it's for the Japanese audience, and I get that. The man doesn't speak English, so I don't think they're going to be translating a podcast. I don't think that's a thing. Um, but moving forward here, did, did, did you guys know that the Steam Deck is coming out and that it's, like, pretty much out for a lot of people? Well, well, um... It's not going to have Fortnite. So that's kind of a good thing, if you ask me. Um, Tim Sweeney, head of Epic, said, uh, and he did this over tweets. Um, it's a, it, it, so the, um, the Steam Deck requires something called Proton, a compatibility layer uh, that lets Windows games run on Steam, the Steam Deck. Um, if you want to play, you have to jump through some hoops, but uh, it has to do with Epic's easy anti-cheat system. Um, it's not compatible with Proton because it is Linux-based, and he says it won't be... The main reason is, quote, they can't combat cheating at scale, unquote. Uh, he also went on to say, quote, we don't have confidence that we'd be able to combat cheating at scale under a wide array of kernel configurations, including custom ones, unquote. Um, it, it mainly, he said, quote, with regard to anti-cheat on the Linux platform supporting custom kernels and the threat model to a game of Fortnite size, yes, that's exactly right, unquote, in response to someone on Twitter saying, quote, not trust his own product. Unquote. Um, he wanted to support Wine, which Proton is a version of it. Um, 
it's and he said the Steam Deck was a ama- an amazing move by Valve, but apparently he doesn't want his game to run on it. But you know what? That's fine. Keep the kiddos off. Okay with that. I think most of us are, and honestly, it would put the the hand more Steam Decks in the hands of adults. Let's let's be realistic here. <laughs> um, uh, Platinum Games was being interviewed. Uh, and the head of Platinum Games, of course, is, is Kamiya. And, uh, I forget his first name, uh, Hideki Kamiya. Uh, he was speaking with IG in Japan. And uh, apparently Platinum President Atsushi Inaba ha- has uh, been talking with Kamiya about Scalebound. And Kamiya then went on to say, I'd like to appeal to Phil Spencer directly. Let's do it, Phil, unquote. So, of course, Scalebound was going to be an Xbox exclusive several years ago that that, that unfortunately never came to fruition. Um, you know, he uh, Kami has been, been very forward about his regret about not being able to, to, to finish it um, and it being ultimately canceled. Um, he wants to return to the game with Microsoft's permission. They own the IP. Uh, and he did say, quote, Often in an interview, you might hear a developer politely saying, yes, if we had the opportunity, we'd love to work on that again. But we don't mean it that way. Both Kamiya and I are serious. We really would love to work on Scalebound again. I'd like to discuss it with Microsoft properly, unquote. And this was uh, Inaba who said this. Uh, Kamiya then went said, quote, development had progressed a fair way, and it seems pointless for Microsoft to just hold on to that and not do anything with it, unquote. Uh, that's when he went on to say in English, uh, obviously everything else was through an interpreter, saying, quote, Phil, Phil, let's do it together, unquote. Um, I, I, uh, he also went on to say, uh, and then there was other things from last year, but I, I think if they could come together, I think Scalebound would ultimately be a, a good game. Platinum has never dropped the ball let's be honest i mean everyone loves bayonetta bayonetta 3 is still on on track for this year it's just game development doesn't always work the way people think it's gonna work right it's just it's not always a done deal but i'd love to see scalebound actually come out um playstation 5 is finally getting a beta program similar to xbox insiders this will allow beta users to test new options that are coming down the pipeline. And it's a new software beta. It starts tomorrow. And let me see. Or I think it started today, actually. Uh, We'll have new party chat options, game-based enhancements, accessibility options, and UI features. Uh, This was announced on the PlayStation blog. And let me see. The parties are changing on PlayStation 5. You can start an open party. Um, the game base is where you can set up parties, friends, and messages, and things like that. Uh, it's going to have new three new menu tabs, friends, parties, and messages. Uh, it's essentially to, for a better UI experience. Um, you can now sort game collection by genre in the new UI that wasn't available before. I don't think Xbox has that. And you can keep up to five games and apps locked to your home screen. See, that's where they're, they're lacking a little. Um, it's getting a voice command feature, 
but only the US and the UK will have that at first. And you can open games, apps, and settings using the built-in microphone on the PS5 controller. Uh, all you have to do is say, hey, PlayStation. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, not everyone has access to that. Only players who make it into the beta. But it doesn't say how you can get into the beta. Oh, PlayStation 4 is going to get it too. Let me see if I can find it on the PlayStation blog. Um, I'm looking. It doesn't say how to join the beta. I guess you got to be part of it already. But I don't know. They detail everything about it. Um, oh, you have to be part of their beta community. I'm guessing it is a lot like Xbox Insiders then. Uh, where they get to test new features before they're out. And, yeah. Uh, the game, America's Army, has been going strong for 20 years. Uh, it's America's Army Proving Grounds. It is used as a recruitment tool for the U.S. military. Um, they, they developed it, I think, in partnership with a studio. It is shutting down on March 5th after 20 years in active duty. I guess you could say. <laughs> little pun there. Uh, per Vice News, of all people, uh, has been delisted from Steam and the, the PlayStation Network. Uh, online matches will cease to be hosted. Uh, however, offline and private matches will continue to, to be to be available. And uh, it was a first-person shooter, like I said, released in 2002. Uh, it was developed and published by the U.S. Army, so they it was in-house. I didn't know... U.S. government had game designers on 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 the payroll. Um, like I said, it was used as a recruiting tool, and it came with three major iterations throughout the years. Um, had 20 million active players, which is a lot. Uh, Proving Ground was released in 2013, uh, and it was said, "quote." Uh, this is from their forum. Said, "quote The free-to-play America's Army PC game represented the first large-scale use." of game technology by the U.S. government as a platform for strategic communication and recruitment and the first use of game technology in support of U.S. Army recruiting. Three mainline titles and more than 20 million AA players later, the series' original purpose continued. There have been over 30 million objectives completed, 180 million successful missions accomplished, 200 uh, missions accomplished, 250 million teammates assisted, and many more in-game achievements attained in America's Army Proving ground alone, unquote. Uh, they will shift their focus to other new and innovative ways to assist the army with comms and recruitment, and quote promised future announcements, unquote, for the series. So maybe it will return, probably as a mobile game, in the future. Um, some people thought it was controversial that it was used as a recruitment tool, but. Who knows what is going on with that and how it will continue. Like I said, more than likely, it's going to show up as a mobile game. But surprisingly, I've heard it's actually a good game. Despite being pretty much like actual propaganda, it's, it's allegedly supposed to be a, an actually fun and actually entertaining and good game to play. But I don't think you'll be able to buy it anymore. It's, uh, Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft doesn't think that the 
the Activision deal should face any major scrutiny or, or be in danger of being blocked by the, the, the U.S. government or the European uh, Union, for that matter, because they, they were facing a little, uh, apparently a somewhat of a small battle over there. I don't know if anything's happened there. Um, speaking with the Financial Times, uh, Satya said, quote, at the end of the day, all the analysis here has to be done through a lens of what's the category we're talking about and what about the market structure. Even post this acquisition, we will be number three with sort of low teens market share, where even the highest player is also in the teens for market share. It shows how fragmented content creation platforms are, and so that's the fundamental category. Yes, we will be a big player in what is a highly fragmented place. Um, unquote. But he also went on to say, quote, also the analysis will have to extend to say, why are these content companies trying to become bigger? It's because the place where the constraints really are in is distribution. The only open distribution platform for any gaming content, guess what, is Windows. The biggest store on Windows is Steam. It's not ours. People can do any payment instrument, whereas all the other gaming distribution platforms are closed, unquote. Essentially, Satya is just saying, like, just because we buy Activision Blizzard doesn't mean we're a monopoly, doesn't mean we're infringing on the market. Like, there's always going to be indie developers. There's always going to be PlayStation. There's always going to be Tencent. EA, I don't think EA is going to be bought up. There's the Embracer Group. I saw someone posted somewhere on Twitter or something showing, like, all the major game companies in, in the world and, like, all the properties they own, and Microsoft's not even the biggest, even with everything they own. Um, but with that, today, they did put out a, a essentially a, a press release. This was from uh, content president Brad Smith at, at Microsoft saying, quote, To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision, and we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love, unquote. This is essentially saying that, you know, Call of Duty isn't going anywhere. I've always said Call of Duty isn't going to go exclusive. This proves it, okay? Microsoft is smart enough to know while, yes, you can buy game companies like Activision, when you buy companies that big, you have to start realizing you can't put everything behind your walled garden. Um, now, some people, uh, he said, um, quote, we are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers, and for our business, unquote. Yeah, it's called, yes, we want to keep making money. Um he also said, uh, while, while this doesn't necessarily mean all Activision Blizzard games uh, are going to be on PlayStation and Nintendo, um, nor does he say it's going to be forever, uh, it's, it's just saying that existing franchises will do that. No word on future, you know, future franchises. Um he also went on to say, quote, too much friction exists today between creators and gamers. App store policies and practices on mobile devices restrict what and how creators can offer games and what and how gamers can play them. 
Our large investment to acquire Activision Blizzard further strengthens our resolve to remove this friction on behalf of creators and gamers alike. We want to enable world-class content to reach every gamer more easily across every platform, unquote. Um, essentially, they're just saying, like, fuck the, the App Store on Apple and fuck the Google Play Store. That's essentially all they're doing. Uh, just, like, going along with the lawsuit that, you know, Epic brought. So, it makes sense that they're doing that. Moving to their competitor, Sony. Uh, Sony recently showed off Gran Turismo 7. uh, And with it, they've announced a new AI feature on the platform uh, called Sophie. Uh, It's built in collaboration between uh, Sony... Uh, AI and Polyphony Digital and the cloud gaming team at Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, It's part of their Race Together Media event. Uh, It is called Sophie and it will be allow you to competitively race against the best Gran Turismo players in the world. And if this sounds familiar, it's because it sounds a lot like Xbox's Drivatar system that exists in the Forza Motorsport franchise. Uh, Sophie was Sophie was pitted against four of the world's best Gran Turismo sport players uh, across two separate events last year. Uh, Sophie scored seventy points across the three different races, and the human team s- scored eighty six. Um, then they got Sophie to score one hundred and four points in a second round, and the human team only scored fifty two. So it looks like it's getting better. So it looks like it's a little bit better than Drivatar because Drivatars are based on actual people. This one is trained through deep reinforcement learning uh, using Sony's cloud gaming infrastructure. Uh, Then it trains the AI in in physical realism, uh, real-time race tactics, and sports etiquette, which means it's going to drive aggressively but fairly. Uh, Gran Turismo Sophie is a different kind of AI. Uh, it's not used like artificial intelligence for chess, shogi, go, or things like Alpha Star or OpenAI 5 AI uh, for RTS games. This one, their their goal was to compete against Gran Turismo drivers. Um, it won't be in GT- Gran Turismo 7 at launch, though. Uh, they want to integrate it there into the future, but not necessarily in 7. Interesting. That's kind of cool. We'll see how it plays out in the future. It looks like almost 80,000 people and growing have signed a petition to get a refund for Battlefield 2042 because apparently it sucked that much. Funny they think they'll get this, but I don't think EA is going to respond, to be honest. We'll see how it goes. Uh, The Wolf Among Us 2 has been officially announced and will be launching sometime in 2023. Uh, considered one of the best games, the the original was considered, is considered one of the best games that uh, Telltale ever put out. Uh, Bloomberg is also reporting that DLC that was supposed to come out for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which was going to follow Basim, one of the characters, on his escapades in in ancient Baghdad, uh, is apparently becoming its own game uh, that will be released either this year or next year. Uh, to be smaller in scope than, than your your more typical Assassin's Creed's as of late. Uh, it won't be as massive open world or anything like that as, as they've slowly been becoming. Um, but it, it, it will be a 
uh, it will be a, a Assassin's Creed game nonetheless. I'd be excited to return to the Middle East in, in Assassin's Creed. Uh, we haven't been there since Revelations, the third game, the third Ezio game. Because there's Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations, yes. Uh, And then today was a massive Nintendo Direct. I'm not even going to talk about everything they talked about today. Uh, First of which, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was announced and will release this year. uh, This September, actually. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is going to be getting 48 new tracks over six different DLCs. Uh, spreading into 2023, or eight DLCs, uh, something, I don't know, they're going to be six-pack DLC, so it will have pretty much almost every track in Mario Kart history. A new Fire Emblem game called Fire Emblem Warriors uh, Three Hopes is coming, and it's a technically a sequel to Three Kingdoms, I think that's what it was. Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League is a new Mario Strikers soccer game coming to the Switch. Uh, Chrono Cross is getting a remaster. Nintendo Switch Sports was announced, which is a sequel to Wii Sports, of all things. Uh, In Kirby's new game, they showed off more things where he can become a car, of all things, and people love Kirby Car. Both Earthbound and Earthbound 1 are coming to Switch Online. Uh, If you don't know the Earthbound games, that is where the character of Ness originated from. Uh, Live a Live, or Live a Live... Live Alive, Live Alive, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, It is a JRPG that is now coming west for the first time ever, and it will be on the Switch. Uh, Portal 1 and 2 are also getting ported to the Switch. The Force Unleashed of all games is being ported to the Switch, but not Force Unleashed 2. Uh, No Man's Sky is also coming to the Switch, of all things. Uh, Disney Speedstorm was announced. It's a new kart racer with both Disney and Pixar characters. Cuphead's DLC, The Delicious Last Course, has been announced for June 30th, and it will release across all platforms, including the Nintendo Switch, on that day. Uh, Speaking of Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection will drop next week on the Nintendo Switch. And Kingdom Hearts Intergram Masterpiece, otherwise known as Kingdom Hearts the cloud version, uh, as in not Cloud Strife, but playing over the cloud, will release tomorrow, and you can have the option of buying it as a bundle of all three games, or you can buy each game individually. Individually, I don't know why I said it that way. That is it for gaming today, folks. That is it for gaming today. Let's move on to TV, shall we? Amazon's Lord of the Rings show, which showed off uh, character posters for the first time, even though it was just their hands, has announced the first trailer will drop on Sunday during the Super Bowl here in the United States. And I know the Super Bowl is is aired around the world, so I'm sure it will air internationally as well. Uh, The Goosebumps franchise is getting a live-action television series on Disney+. Uh, No word yet on a date or director or star or plot synopsis. The Oroville, uh, third season, is being delayed. 
the Oroville New Horizons, as it's being subtitled, was originally set to release on March 10th on Hulu. Uh, Hulu put out a new trailer announcing the show has now been moved to June 2nd of this year. So we're going to have to wait about three extra months for the Oroville to return. That is the Seth McFarlane created and starring show. Very similar to Star Trek. Uh, Seth is a large, very large Trekkie. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård was being interviewed somewhere. Uh, He is going to be co-starring in the Star Wars Andor show, the the Star Wars show about Cassian Andor and his time in the Rebellion. Um, And he just let it slip that he's going to be going in the fall to film season two. We haven't even gotten the first season, let alone a trailer. And he's already out here announcing a season two before Disney does. So I guess Cassian Andor is going to be getting a show, a second season. I'm all for it. And I hope K2SO makes the second season because I don't think he's going to be in the first season. Um, X-Men 97, it was announced, will continue from the original's finale. So it will be a continuation of the original show. It is not a reboot. It is not a remake. It's not a anything but just a continuation of the original. Uh, no word yet on if it's going to be a one-season show, a limited season, sh- limited series. Or anything like that. Uh, And then today we got two major announcements uh, in terms of TV. Futurama is coming back for 20 episodes on Hulu, of all places. Uh, Unfortunately, John DiMaggio at this point in time has not been confirmed. um, Which is unfortunate. But... I get it. He's the, I mean, he's really the most, um, he is, he is probably going to be the highest paid, um, player, player, the highest played, um, highest paid actor on the show, right? Of all the people. Um, (laughs) yes. Good news, everyone. Emulating. Dr. Farnsworth, and I'm sure I'm not the only fucking person to say that today. Um, yeah, John DiMaggio, who plays Bender, has not been announced. You can't make the show without Bender. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter says it is being, um, his deal is being finalized, essentially. So that that's good, because you don't want to have Futurama without Bender, right? You bite my shiny metal ass. Anyway... Other major news today, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney+, Plus or Star Wars Kenobi, has officially been confirmed to premiere on May 25th, so not May the 4th like previously thought, uh, but it will be 45 years to the day that Star Wars premiered. In theaters in 1977. It's 45 years to the day. Uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek announced it on an earnings call. Uh, So yeah, May 25th. And we did get a new... uh, So the day before celebration as well, which I will be going to. And uh, it was actually accidentally teased a few days ago too. Uh, We got a new... um, 
plot synopsis, but I'm trying to find that. We also got this epic poster of Obi-Wan walking through the desert. And the new plot synopsis reads as follows, quote, The story begins ten years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan Kenobi faced his greatest defeat. The downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as evil Sith Lord Darth Vader, end quote. So, while this is a limited series, some people think that with the whole way it, it's described, that the show will go from the ten years after Revenge of the Sith up until possibly... Uh, the ten years later when A New Hope happened, nine years later when A New Hope happens. Uh, no word yet on if that is possible. Um, of course, it, it the poster is really cool because it's it set on Tatooine. Uh, of course, Ewan McGregor is returning. Hayden Christensen is returning as Darth Vader. Uh, it also stars Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton returning as Uncle Owen. Bonnie P- Piesi returning as Aunt Beru. Uh, Kamal Nanjiani, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Sung Kang, Simone Kessel, and Benny Safdie all rounding out the cast. Um, Rupert Friend actually was just cast as the uh, uh, the Grand in- Inquisitor, um, who you might re- remember from the show Rebels, uh, who was voiced by Jason Isaacs, though, on Rebels. So I'm excited for that. Before we move on to movies, because we're going to talk about the Oscar noms too, I want to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. And all I got to say is Cad fucking Bane, baby. Look, I'm, I did watch the finale today. I, I want to gather my thoughts, so we will talk about it next week. But holy fucking shit, Cad fucking Bane. I never thought I would see Cad Bane in live action. And they fucking knocked it out of the park, dude. Everyone's complaining, ugh, skin's too light. The dude's 70 fucking years old. Calm the fuck down. Um, and then, like, well, his mouth's in the wrong position. And then I saw these people, the greatest memes ever about how, like, clearly, it, like, this is a stylized show. And... You know, it's not going to look the same. Or the, the Clone Wars was stylized. It's not going to look the same in, in live action. Like, duh. Um, no, it was interesting. We got another Mandalorian Grogu-focused episode, though. It was almost entirely uh, Grogu and the Mandalorian. And, and a lot of Luke and Ahsoka, of all things. Uh, we got to see Luke training Grogu on whatever planet he builds his Jedi temple on that we see destroyed in The Last Jedi and everything in the sequel trilogy. Um, interesting stuff with, with Grogu and his training with Luke. Uh, and essentially, the rem- the training remotes brought out. Uh, he gets to pick with a, a lightsaber or to go with Mando. Uh, it, Ahsoka and Luke interacting is, is very interesting to see. I liked the episode. Uh, Yoda's lightsaber is shown again, and then we get to see clone troopers, and we get to see Order 66 in live action, and I say that with air quotes, for the first time in a dec- uh, over a decade, and someone pointed out, I saw online, not once have we ever seen clone trooper armor 
in physical form in a Star Wars property. Clone Troopers, since uh, the Attack of the Clones in 2002, Clone Troopers have always been 100% CG, computer-generated images. We have never seen a true live-action clone or clone armor on screen in Star Wars. It, It has never been a practical costume. So whenever you see, like, people, like, live action, or, like, like dressed as clones with, like, the 501st Legion or stuff like that cosplaying, that means they did that based on a 3D rendering. It's not like the the Stormtrooper outfits from the original trilogy or the sequel trilogy that that there's actual molds that they're based on. The, the, The clone troopers are completely rendered. They are not real. It's, it's funny. Um, but it was cool to see that from Grogu's side. We don't know who rescued him yet, though. Um, but yes, at the end of the episode, Cad fucking Bane shows up as a badass. Corey Burton's still doing the voice. Oh, man, so fucking good. So fucking cool. I love Cad Bane, man. And then the finale today, I'm not going to go into too much detail, exceeds expectations so much but no it was a good episode overall i know now that's two weeks in a row that we haven't had um boba fett in in a boba fett show but you know it it happens right It, it happens um i i don't i don't totally get it but clearly it was a story they were trying to tell um, I think it's funny that people are like, oh, they obviously did that because people weren't liking the Boba Fett show. Like, no, you fucking morons. That was filmed way in advance of season three starting to film for Manda. Like, this was not done as an adverse reaction to fans not liking the Boba Fett show. Like, no, get the fuck out of here. But, but if they do a second season of the Book of Boba Fett, which which I, I think they will do, and I hope they will do, I, I think it will focus more on, on Boba, especially how the, sec- how the finale ended. And even Tamara Morrison's been going around saying if, if he does get a season two, he hopes he gets to hunt, um, he hopes he gets to hunt Mace Windu, which uh, last time I checked, Mace Windu's dead. So unless Tamura knows something we don't... Um, I mean, fans have been speculating forever that, that uh, you know, Mace is still alive. So we'll, we'll see what actually happens in that instance. But, of course, we don't actually know uh, if, if it's going to get a second season. But I'm sure that will be announced soon or at Celebration in May, which I will be attending. Uh, that is it for TV. Let's, let's talk about movies here. A little bit going on. Uh, Sony has announced a new Madam Web movie to build on their Spider Universe, uh, which will star Dakota Johnson, of all people. Um, no plot details or anything like that have been announced. Um, we'll see if, if that movie actually ends up being made. Uh, Scream 6 was announced on the heels of a very successful Scream 5. Uh, we'll have the same, uh, writers and directors of Scream 5. No word yet on if any of the legacy characters will return for the next installment. 
Uh, Tom Holland was is being interviewed like everywhere, uh, especially with Uncharted coming out. So I think he's doing his Uncharted press junket, as you would call it. Um, he also thinks, like the fans, that Andrew Garfield should get an Amazing Spider-Man 3. Will that happen? I don't know. Um, I guess he was also asked about other things he would want to play, and he was saying how he would want to play Jack in a Jack and Daxter movie. We'll talk about that in a second. And then uh, he also said that he wants to do a Spider-Man Daredevil team-up in the MCU, uh, whether that be him as Spider-Man with Charlie Cox or someone else with Charlie Cox remains to be seen, if it were to ever happen. Um, and sticking with Spider-Man here, Spider-Man No Way Home has announced, or I shouldn't say Spider-Man No Way Home has announced, because it's a that's a thing that can't make announcements, um, but it has been announced where the first streaming platform that will feature Spider-Man No Way Home, drumroll please, Stars, yes, Stars, the Stars channel, I don't know if people actually watch that channel anymore, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home will premiere on Stars. Uh, before it premieres anywhere else, even Disney Plus, uh, stars, fucking stars, Jesus Christ, um, yeah, of all places, uh, it has been also announced that the Meg is getting a sequel, uh, Meg to the Trench, shut up Meg, yeah, I don't know why they ditched the the part, has entered production in the UK, uh, Jason Statham is expected to return that movie was so, like, dumb, but fun to watch. Um, and then, switching over real quick, sticking with, with uh, going back a second. Right after Tom Holland says he wants to play Jack in a Jack and Daxter adaptation, the Uncharted director comes in and says, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm working with Sony on a Jack and Daxter adaptation. Like, oh, way to plant the seed. Or Tom Holland just not being able to keep his fucking mouth shut ever, to be honest. I don't think the dude's ever been able to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> so, that's funny. That is very funny. Um, Bruce Willis has gotten his own category at the Razzies. He was in that many movies last year that they have a new uh, award. Worst Bruce Willis performance of 2021. How about that? Bruce Willis was in so many movies last year, he gets his own Razzies category. I never even heard of some of the movies that were were uh, listed. Um, Fox Entertainment, which is the company that emerged after the Disney buyout, um, has acquired the rights to Gumby. Uh, they purchased the rights from the son of the original creator and immediately announced new projects, both live-action, animated, television, movies, uh, and they have announced that they will begin streaming the original Gumby program on their Tubi streaming app. I'm pretty sure Tubi is free, If uh, last time I checked. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, or Phil, yeah, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, uh, the directors of the 21 Jump Street movies, the Lego movie. Um, they were supposed to do the Solo movie and, and several other films. 
um, were being interviewed on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, where apparently massive amounts of information is always shared. Um, and they were asked about the 21 Jump Street Men in Black movie that was almost a, a reality, almost a real thing. And it's the fact that it almost happened. Uh, they said, quote, there was a, believe it or not, a Men in Black and 21 Jump Street crossover script that was very funny and very crazy that we really adored, uh, unquote, said Miller. Uh, he also said, uh, and then Lord said, quote, one of my favorite ideas is that the Men in Black, like the black suits, were the martial arts belts that you had to work your way up to black and that Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum were issued powder blue men in black suits, unquote. Um, they also went on to say, quote, it was basically the idea that was that Jonah and Channing, a thing happened while they were doing their medical school adventure that got them embroiled into the world of men in black and they ended up teaming up to stop an alien takeover type of thing. So it was a very funny, it was very crazy trying to sort of like manage these two franchises and not drive them both into the ground seemed like a real challenge, unquote. So if you remember, at the end of 22 Jump Street, was it 22? Yeah, at the end of 22 Jump Street, they have this like montage of all the potential sequels going into like the 40s, like 40 Jump Street. Um, but it was one where they go to med school. I think that was either going to be 23 Jump Street or 22 Jump Street. I don't, I don't remember, or 24. I don't remember all of them. Um, unfortunately, Sony ended up shelving it. Uh, it would have been called MIB 23. It was very close to happening. Um, it just, they gave it up, which sucks. Um, we did get Men in Black International, which starred Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Not the greatest Men in Black movie. I have yet to watch it. I heard it. I just heard it wasn't wasn't good. Um, which sucks because I think people would have loved a Men in Black Jump Street crossover because the Jump Street movies are fucking hilarious. Uh, and then after that, after the Happy Sad Confused podcast came out, Channing Tatum uh, actually said some things on it, and he says, "quote." By and away, the best third sequel to any franchise that I've ever read in my entire life, unquote. Um, he did also say, quote, I still think it could work. I really do. And if Sony would ever really, like, I think, do the hard work and figure out the producer problems that are inherent with that film, I think we can still do it, unquote. And I just, he, he also said on to say, quote, right now, I don't know why. They're just not motivated to do it. It's a big overhead on that movie, so... Unquote. Uh, he was being interviewed. Where was he being interviewed? Uh, with Collider, of all places. And ah, that sucks that it didn't happen. He he called it one of the best scripts he ever read. I just I want it more and more and more and more that this movie should have happened, and I think people would love it. Would totally love it. Um. If it ever actually got made, but you have to do it with Jonah Hill and 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 Channing Tatum because their their chemistry is is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, Warner Brothers is being sued 
by Village Roadshow Productions, who is one of their partners usually. And, and it's over the Matrix Resurrections being put on HBO Max. Uh, so Village Roadshow is suing Warner Brothers uh, for sabotaging the theatrical release. Per Variety, it says, quote, WB's strategy not only ensured that The Matrix Resurrections would be a bust at the box office, but it also inflicted serious harm to the entire Matrix franchise. There can be no doubt that the abysmal theatrical box office sales figures from The Matrix Resurrections dilute the value of this tentpole franchise as the film's lack of profitability generally prevents studios from investing in additional sequels and derivative films in the near term, unquote. Um... Yeah, hold on, let me read Warner Brothers' response. Warner Brothers then said, quote, This is a, refri- a frivolous attempt by Village Roadshow to avoid their con- contractual commitment to, to, to participate in the arbitration that we commenced against them last week. We have no doubt that this case will be resolved in our favor, unquote. Um, yeah, you know, Village Roadshow, you can make that argument if the movie was good. The movie was trash. It was absolute dog shit. Uh, they haven't received any profit from the film, apparently, and that's why. Uh, oh, from, from their HBO Max. No, you can't claim that the abysmal box office sales figures are because it was on HBO Max. They're abysmal because people heard it was shit and didn't want to go see it. And watch a movie that never should have been fucking made. The movie was ass, dude. It was so bad. It was so fucking bad. It, Like I said, it never should have been made. We didn't need that story. The Matrix... Like, let, let, let's be honest here. The diminutive return started happening the second, the second Matrix movie came out, right? Resur- Res- Revelations... Matrix Revolutions, whatever the fuck it was called. Like, as soon as those two movies came out, their returns were starting to diminish. All right? The Matrix brand has been tarnished for a long time. Let's be realistic here. And the Matrix Resurrections didn't help it in any way. It didn't help it at all. And you cannot blame HBO Max for that. I was never going to go watch that movie in a fucking theater. I'll tell you right now. Even if it wasn't on HBO Max, I would have skipped the theater for it. There were better movies to watch in December in the theater, and they weren't called The Matrix. Let's be real here. Okay, Village Roadshow, let's be real. You're just trying to blame a shitty movie on, on HBO Max. Um... We got a new trailer for Buzz Light, the Buzz Lightyear movie this week. I still don't know what this movie is or how it connects to Buzz Lightyear or the Toy Story franchise. I, I'm still really confused. Is it a movie about the real astronaut? Because if it is, how are they so much more technologically advanced than like Andy and his family in Toy Story? Is it a movie about the toy of Buzz Lightyear? Which doesn't make sense because Buzz Lightyear was a real astronaut apparently in in the Toy Story universe. Is this a? I I'm really confused now, very much confused, and I need 
Disney or Pixar or someone to clarify because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Zero. It looks cool. We got to see Zerg for the first time. Well, now we got to see this version of Zerg. So there's that. I don't I don't know. I don't know. This movie I'm going to watch the movie. I just I don't know what's going on with it. Um and before we talk about our last last story, I want to talk about the Oscar nominations, which very interesting indeed. Um the Power of the Dog has 12 nominations. It's leading with that. Um and somehow Denny Villeneuve was not nominated for Best Director despite his film being nominated for Best Picture. So, Best Picture nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Uh, Nominated for Best Director, you have Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, butchered that name for sure, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. I don't think he's going to win, let's be honest here. I heard that movie was okay. Uh, Leading actor, so best actor, you have Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. Again, that movie was terrible. Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Best Actress, you have Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman in The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart in Spencer. For Best Supporting Actor, Syrian Hines for Belfast, Troy Kotzer for Coda. Interesting that Belfast is nominated for Best Picture, but it only is nominated for Best Supporting Actor so far. And Best Actress. Best Supporting Actress. Anyway. Actor Supporting Role. Syrian Hines, Belfast. Troy, Kutzer, and Coda. Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos. And Cody Smith-McPhee in The Power of the Dog. Then for Actress in the Supporting Role, you have Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose in West Side Story, Judy Dench in Belfast, Kristen Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and Anjane Ellis for King Richard. So I saw a article somewhere that, yeah, so Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem married, both nominated for actress in a leading role and actor in a leading role. Then you have Jesse Plemons. And Kristen, Kirsten Dunst, who are married, and they're both nominated for supporting roles. Interesting. Uh, best Adapted Screenplay. You have Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, Power of the Dog. Best Original Screenplay. You have Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Cinematography. You have Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Animated feature, feature film, you have Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. That's three Disney movies. 
Best Original Score, Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, Power of the Dog. Best Original Song, Be Alive from King Richard, Dos Oruguitas from Encanto, Down to Joy, Belfast, No Time to Die, No Time to Die, James Bond. Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to skip some of these. Best Documentary Feature, you have Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul. And Writing with Fire. Um, international feature film. You have Drive My Car, Flee, The Hand of God, Luana, and The Worst Person in the World. And then visual effects. You got Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man No Way Home. Costume design, Cruella, Siriano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. And then short film, sound, things like that. But uh, Power of the Dog is either going to take home a lot, and I hope Dune takes home some decent awards. I don't want Dune... Dune uh, the fact that Denny was not nominated is a little fucking ridiculous, too. Um, and our final story tonight, it is being reported by, by Variety through via an insider that Mission Impossible 7 and 8 is expected to be the culmination, quote, air quotes around that from the article, the culmination of the Mission Impossible franchise, essentially a swan song for Ethan Hunt. Uh, Ethan will get to walk off into the sunset after these films. Uh, I'm very surprised by that. Uh, as my friend Mark likes to say, Tom Cruise is a movie star, the only movie star left. He is a bankable star. His, his films make 500 million easy but the man's getting old too can't be doing a lot of those stunts anymore it's going to be harder and harder to get insurance for him and i mean the films have been delayed so many times because of covid and, and everything else that by the time mission impossible 8 comes out it'll be 2024 which is still two years from now. And they haven't even officially started filming, or I think they have for Mission Impossible 8. They were supposed to be back-to-back, -back and, and I, I don't know what's going on with all that. Um, hell, we haven't even gotten his next movie, Top Gun Maverick, yet. But if, if it's the end of the franchise, I, I think they'll do it right. Um... I think Ethan Hunt will finally get to to rest. He will finally have a possible mission, right? <laughs> um, it will be, it will definitely be interesting to see what what happens, though. Um, I, I I will it be the end? Who knows? I mean, will Tom Cruise live forever? Who knows? Maybe he'll come out and do a uh, Mission Impossible nine or ten or something in like 20 years and he'll be doing crazy stunts as like an 80 year old man who knows who knows um but yeah that that's that's what we wanted to end today's show on uh thank you guys for listening uh remember in two weeks we will probably have a guest host um because i will be out of town uh next week we will talk about the boba fett finale um because I just want to wait a week so I can gather my thoughts and think about it and things like that. 
Then, um, not this weekend, but next weekend, the return of the 101 League. On Saturday the 19th, we will have our first Melee tournament in, in probably three months or two and a half months. Uh, Saturday the 19th at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar in Oceanside, 1 p.m. Super Smash Bros. Melee. Yours truly will be on the mic shoutcasting. Hopefully with my boy Rams. Who knows? Uh, Ramzilla, if you're listening, shout out, bud. Haven't haven't talked in a while. Hopefully we'll uh, fit together like, like peas in a pod when we return to the booth on Saturday the 19th. And... That is it, like I said, for today's show. Thank you guys for listening. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer, you can take us on the go with Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, probably on some other ones that, that just pull from an RSS feed. But those are always there at your disposal. You can like, share, subscribe. Listen whenever, when, wherever you want to Nixner News. How would you love to have my sultry voice with you at all times? Um, <laughs> anyway, also while you're there, check out our social media tab. You can see our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds all in one handy-dandy place. Or if you prefer, just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform. Thank you guys. Good night, and I will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>